0: This, this,
1: this is 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 fight disciples. We are gathered here today for the fight disciples. UFC and boxing
2: talk. Hiya, I'm Adam. Welcome to episode eight. Opportunity knocks on this week's podcast. Sky Sports head of boxing Adam Smith gets excited at the prospect that his mate Tony Bellew. Could be fighting at Goodison. He was fantastic in
0: the film Tony. He was absolutely brilliant in Creed, um, and uh, you know it could. It could Still has there. to
2: walk him out, doesn't it? To Z-Cars. he I, has I, to.
0: I, I think. I think if that happened, he, he, I'm sure. I'm sure <laughs> Sly would be over uh, in a flash and, uh, and walk him out.
2: Fellow fight disciple Nick Pete believes there could be an upset at the O2. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something. You're not going to like here. You think Charles is going to take him out? I think AJ is going to get knocked out. And we get the opinions of the guru, Barry Hearn.
3: The, you know, the young man is a freak of nature.
1: You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast.
2: I know that you are probably asking the question as to where my uh, illustrious colleague is, Nick Pete. Well, he does have a full daytime job, and you probably read his magazine, Fighters Only. He's the editor of it, so therefore he's nipped up to the northeast uh, to obviously do that day job. And he, But he joins me very kindly on the phone right now. You're right, bud. I'm very good, matey. Yeah, very good. You're up there. This, you're up there today, but at the weekend, you were in Liverpool, weren't you, for a little bit of Callum Smith blockbuster?
4: Of course, I was. Yeah, I was ringside to see Callum. Cup of age, to be honest with you, it was for me. It was my favourite performance of his incredible career so far. Uh, I think we mentioned it last week, didn't we? I said if if Callum if Callum can get a finish here, what an incredible statement that would be. You know, to, to finish the European champion, a guy who's not been stopped before, a guy who's been a distance with some of the best middleweights on the planet. But my lord, did we expect Callum Smith to bomb away in the first round? Well, maybe in our wildest dreams, but Adam, he's a monster. He's, I, des- I described him at the weekend, straight after the fight, as a predator. And I stand by that. Callum Smith is a predator. He's a finisher. He will de- seek and destroy. There's not a 12-stone fighter on the planet that if I was managing them, would I put them anywhere near Callum Smith? Never mind. Never mind middle. There's, there's few light heavyweights I would put in, in front of Callum Smith. He was incredible. He was outstanding. Muhammad, he run at him and, and tried to take the fight to him, similar to the way Rocky did uh, back in the last year. And there's only one way that's going to end. Callum's too accurate. His defence is too sharp. His footwork's too good. And boy, he just punches too hard, doesn't he?
2: Frightening, absolutely frightening. We'll get onto the boxing side of stuff uh, a little later on on this week's podcast, uh, as AJ is in action on April the 9th. We'll get stuck into that in a bit. But right now, seeing as that you're up in Newcastle, I've no doubt your magazine is absolutely full to the brim uh, with mixed martial arts this week. There's been a lot going on over the last seven days, Uh, none more so with the announcements of the fights for UFC 200. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, But first, Nick, can you just clear up everything that's happening with UFC 197 from arrests... A change of headline acts,
4: yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's uh, it, it seems like every other week with the UFC now there's something unbelievable going on. It, you know, if it's not incredible performances and last minute standing opponents winning by submission against pay per view Golden Boys, it's John Jones being arrested and thrown in prison. You know, that, that's not <laughs> the other regular, and,
2: and don't forget you called the police officer a pig, do yeah. You know what I mean.
4: He did. Uh, he, was mis- he was a very misunderstood man, man, Adam, you know.
2: Yeah, of course he is. I'm not uh, going to yeah. tell him that. If I'm ever in his co- company, I'm just going to bow down and say, yes, John, you can do whatever you want, sunshine. No bother. <laughs>
4: <laughs> anyway, he's out of prison. He's clear. He's fighting. You know, he's got this fight coming up at UFC 197 on April 23rd. He's fighting for his old title, the one he was stripped of because he was suspended for another situation he had with the police department. Um, unfortunately, he's out of prison. He, you know, The fight's going ahead. Oh, It hits the brakes. It isn't going ahead right now. Daniel Cormier, the current UFC light heavyweight champion, has actually got a foot injury. He's been forced out of the fight. That news broke over the weekend. Mm. Uh, The crazy thing is, as well, a fight is only like most media outlets. We did an, an April Fool's Day gag. We put it out there on social media on April Fool's Day morning saying, Daniel Cormier's out of the fight. John Jones will now fight Chuck Liddell for the UFC light heavyweight title. Chuck Liddell, of course, did yeah. the five, best part of, you know, at least five or six years. Um, that, that come back and bit us in the backside a bit later on in the evening. Just a bit, <laughs> mate. Just a bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. It happened, yeah. Mm. So people were retweeting our April Fool saying, have you heard Chuck Liddell stepped in the Randall corner? was like, oh my God, it's backfired. But anyway, it's not Chuck Liddell. First choice was Anthony Rumble Johnson. Yeah. Rumble's got having some dental work done, we're being told. or He's, he's having, some he's having his teeth done? He's having his teeth done, yeah. He's having his gold teeth taken out. Uh, Rashad Evans has tied into a fight. OSP, you know, this is a guy, and Prout, he's never actually fought for the Light Heavyweight title before. He fights out in Knoxville. Anyone that follows USC follows MMA, knows that OSP is huge. The guy is an absolute man mountain. He's obviously top... Top five, top six ranked probably in the UFC in the 205 division. So it's mm. a, a really credible, credible opponent for Jon Jones. He's coming off a big win off Rafael Cavalcanti. Incredible opportunity. That was only in February as well. Big opportunity for him, obviously, to score a massive win over Jon Jones and put himself in the title picture. Um, prior to the announcement, though, they were talking about Jon Jones maybe fighting a heavyweight. Jon Jones went himself online and said, if Cormier's not got the, not got the cojones to come in the fight with me, Then put me in with a heavyweight, which again, it it leans towards, you know, during that year off, he's just had had him. Mm. All we've seen on social media was John Jones doing bench presses, doing Olympic lifts, building his body, strengthening his body, hinting towards the end of this year and moving up to heavyweight division and and seeing what he can do there. So it's a bit of a shame that we are not going to see him as a heavyweight in two weeks' time. But OSP is a a legit opponent for him. And it's still a good. You have seen that one nine seven main card.
2: Which heavyweights will be in the mix for a a, a rumble, uh, so to speak, with uh, John Jones? Are we looking at the likes of Vadoom, maybe Mark Hunt?
4: Yeah, you know, I I don't know whether he'd throw him with a member of Mark Hunt right now because he's an immovable object. But you know, the thing with the heavyweight division is it's not quite full of the likes of you know Brock Lesnar's and. Um, you know, Bigfoot, Silver, you know, the size difference, you'll probably find John Jones at 6'4", or 6'6", whatever he is. John Jones is probably taller than most of the heavyweights yeah. in the UFC heavyweight division, as it is. He just needs to add that muscle mass. So moving up is always going to happen one day. You know, personally, I'd love to see him with Daniel, uh, with uh, Cain Velasquez. Yeah. I would love to see that fight, because Cain's got incredible cardio for the heavyweight, or certainly used to be. He's very well rounded in his game as well. I think that'd be a great fight, but we ain't going to see John Jones go in and fight anything but you know a top five, a top ten guy at heavyweight. That's for sure.
2: Looking forward to it, man. Um, if he can stay out of prison, of course. Um, just well, a, just a quick it. one on that. I know that um, every fight will allude to the fact when the when something breaks down that the guy that has pulled out has lost his uh, mojo. Do you think Cormier's bottled it? You
4: know. It's impossible to say he's bottled it. In fact, a I, I, I come on, him. man.
2: I, I look he at I done. look at John Jones' social media, and I'd be shitting me pants as well. You know what I mean? He is no. a, he is a beast at the moment.
4: I know what you're saying, but Daniel Cormier is a two-time Olympian. You know, to say he bottled it in any way, in shape or form, would probably be inaccurate. Guys, a two-time Olympian, which means he's you know he's he's got the balls to follow through on mm. anything. He probably has just picked up an injury. And to be fair, he fights out of ATT in um, over in California. The gym is notorious for being, you know, an absolute shark tank. They train full throttle. Kane Velasquez, Luke Rockhold, Khabib Nermagedimov, the little Russian guy, they're always getting injured because they train like lunatics. Yeah. So, it, you know, it's kind of, it's, it's a people, bruise. It's a bruise. Well, up with your collar and is. tell him
2: that it's a bruise. Get some ice on it. Well, up with your man. Get in the ring.
4: That's what John Jones said. He was like, come on. Because apparently, like the other week, Cormier said he's willing to die to beat John Jones. And John Jones said, but you're not willing to fight with a (laughs) sore (laughs) foot, (laughs) evidently.
2: I know I just brought up Connor's name there, mate. He is back in the headlines um, because UFC 200, a couple of the fights were announced over the last seven days, one of which was obviously the return of McGregor Diaz Part 2. Is the thing that you are most surprised about with this that they are doing it at £170 again?
4: Yeah, of course it is. You know, it's just kind of from the outside looking in. Why does that make any sense whatsoever? Nick Diaz is a, you know, he's been campaigning. Campaigning most recently at 155 pounds. Connor's the 145 pound champion. Yeah, the daft the, the thing is they're doing this fight up at welterweight, up at 170, and yet so far the the, the bout, the, the fight card's not compare, fully confirmed yet. But so far, Jose Aldo and Frankie Edgar, the two leading contenders behind Conor McGregor they're going to fight for the interim featherweight title. It's just, you know, what's going on? It doesn't make any sense. How can you have a support on belt for the interim belt that the guy in the main event is holding on to the full world title, even though he's fighting two weights outside of his own weight division? What's going on? It's a very strange situation for the UFC to fight themselves in. But as we've spoke about before, Adam, you know, this is Conor McGregor's world and we just live in it. Mm-hmm.
3: And it's,
4: Conor does what Conor wants to do and the reason why... Because he's a needle turner, you know. He, he would this this bout UFC 200 in July will break two million views, I reckon, for the US market. He's been advised against.
2: Incredible. He's been advised against welterweight, and he. Dana's tried to cut talk him out of it. Coach yep. has tried to talk him out of it. He is adamant that we're fighting at 170 pounds welterweight against Nick Diaz. So this is purely about ego for Conor McGregor. And as you just mentioned there, with the interim fight uh, between Aldo and Edgar on the same card, it alludes to the fact. Uh. That at some point, maybe New York at the end of this year, McGregor will fight the winner of that fight at 145 pounds.
4: You're absolutely right. It can only be ego because Nick Diaz would rather, probably, rather fight this, take this fight at 155. Conor surely should just want this fight at 155. And you know, if, if the long term, even Dana had said after this fight was announced, categorically, the winner of Jose Aldo versus Frankie Edgar will fight Conor McGregor for the 145 pound title next. So he's got to come down to 145 mm. before the end of the year, as you've just touched on, more than likely in New York, to fight for that title, to defend his title. So why build yourself up? Because he's got to have muscle mass to fully achieve 170. Yeah. Why do it when you've got to strip it all back off, £25 back off? And you're right, it's purely about ego. It's purely about Connor wanting to prove a point, wanting to prove that the first time, the loss to Nate DiAz first time around was a bit of a fluke. But we watched it. It wasn't a fluke. It wasn't a fluke. No, it, it wasn't. wasn't. Nate Diaz took on as big as shots. He took them on the chin. And in the second round, he said, OK, son, now it's my turn. And
2: I th- got Co- I got think
4: and choked him.
2: I think what he's doing is that on the off chance that he pulls it off and wins at £170 against Nate Diaz, I don't think he's going to go back down to 145. I think he'll relinquish his belt. he say, right, you boys crack on with that. I'm staying up here because there's massive fights, like you've alluded to in the past on the podcast, Robbie Lawler, it's there, it's sat there, it's waiting, and it makes a lot of money.
4: Of course, it does, yeah. But you know, if if Nate Diaz can can take Conor McGregor's best shots, then rest assured, Robbie Lawler yeah. can, can certainly take Conor McGregor's best shots as well. Hmm. And Robbie Lawler, as we've seen recently, the guy just gets stronger and stronger and stronger as the fight goes on. I think he'd be too big, he'd be too strong for Conor down a stretch. The, the 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 fight for me, you know, what kind of makes sense is. If George St-Pierre comes back...
2: I was going to allude that to you because GSP, there's a rumour, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, there's a rumour there, isn't there? GSP and Robbie Lawler, UFC 200, do you think? Well, I don't think it's going to happen at UFC
4: 200. I think GSP's going to need something later in the year. I think what the UFC
2: have kind of... New York, New York, <laughs> baby! That's where he's doing it!
4: exactly so look at this this can I just
2: say that that was a really terrible version of Frank Sinatra's New York York I didn't know know
4: yeah that's what what I was attempting Nick I wonder why you went quiet (laughs)
2: apologies
4: (laughs) well well, I think this gives them options so Conor McGregor beats Nate Diaz at welterweight then he's a welterweight contender for George St. Pierre in New York (sighs) Frankie Edgar if if Frankie Edgar exacts revenge over Jose Aldo don't forget he's lost to him before Hmm. if Edgar wins Edgar being a New Yorker then Conor McGregor versus Frankie Edgar is your headliner in New York so the UFC, is, as, as daft as this, Bill, kind of seems at the moment. I'm a little bit like, what? Why is it late? What's going on? It gives the UFC options. Conor, you know, Conor's got the GSP angle. Conor's got the Frankie angle. Because at the moment, because Connor's such a draw, it's all about laying the foundations now for how we can make... Because it's a business. It's all about making money. And what fights are the best for Conor to headline in the... New York surely will be Conor's desti- next destination. When lose, or draw tonight, Diaz. The problem is, if he loses to Nick Diaz back-to-back at... You know, yeah. where where does he go from there? Because he will never fight at welterweight again if he loses to Nick Diaz at welterweight the second time.
2: Just a quick one before we move on to boxing. Zagreb is the destination this weekend. Which ones are standing out for you?
4: Uh, well, the, the this, this crazy card in Zagreb. I was doing some filming for BT Sport.
2: All right, showbiz. All right, lad. Yeah. No need, eh? <laughs>
4: <laughs> and uh, we literally went right through this entire card... And of the six uh, fights on the main card, the top four are heavyweight fights. yeah, the, the four fights at the top of the card are all heavyweights. And the first two heavyweight fights featuring guys that nobody outside of the inner inner MMA circle have probably even heard of, three of those four guys have got a 100% knockout rate. The other guy's got an 80% knockout rate. So someone's getting carried out there.
2: Somebody can bang, right? Yeah. Exactly.
4: <laughs> Then in the chief support, Gabriel Gonzaga, who fought Randy Couture for the heavyweight title a billion a billion years ago, he's looking to come back in, in, in Zagreb Croatia, He's looking to rebuild himself against an American guy called Derek Lewis, who's yeah. also on this ridiculous knockout punch run as well. So that's a tasty little fight. And then the main event, Big Ben Rothwell, for me the scariest heavyweight in in, uh, in mixed martial arts right now. Yeah. The guy is on an absolute tear. He's ripping people apart. He's got this trademark go-go choke where he's literally pulling the heads off people almost Uh, and if he's not doing that, he's knocking people out and he's in against Junior Santos, the former champion who uh, famously knocked out Cain Velasquez uh, before subsequently losing their rubber match so that's a big, big main event, a lot of big guys a lot of big punches and uh, you know, for me the judges in Zagreb this weekend are probably going to have a very easy main card because there's not going to be a lot of judging necessary but who is going to be working this weekend? The poor paramedics carrying the stretchers because these big, big guys are getting stretched um, out. So yeah, that's my prediction for Zagreb.
2: We alluded uh, to the fact that John Jones will be stepping up in weight. Ben Rothwell, what do you reckon to that one?
4: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, what a great fight that would be. Ben Rothwell's just a monster. Conf- you know, as we know, certainly with Connor's shown the way, but there's been so many fighters before him confidence is everything you know when you get to the highest level in the UFC if you're ranked in the top 10 of the UFC in pretty much any of the weight divisions then you're a well-rounded guy you can fight you've got all the tools to make it work at that point it's about confidence it's about who handles the pressure better about who's confident in their abilities and who's rising the crest of a wave of success and my god there's no other heavyweight on the planet right now that I would fancy against Ben Watwell. And that includes for Bitsy the current champion. For me, Ben Rothwell is the scariest heavyweight on the planet today.
1: This is the Fight Disciples podcast. Subscribe now via the iTunes store.
2: We'll hear more from him shortly. First of all, Adam Smith, Sky Sports head of boxing, popped into the studio for a little bit of a chat about the prospect of Britain having a new heavyweight champion. AJ, Against Prince Charles, what a fight this is! And kudos to him for taking it so early in his career. It's a fabulous fight.
0: It's really intriguing. It's a calculated gamble. It's risky business. Um, according to Tyson Fury's latest comments, you know, anti-Josh, you shouldn't be in the ring with Charles Martin. Yeah. But you know what Tyson's like. Um, listen, at the end of the day, Tyson Fury shocked the world last year. He became the world heavyweight champion by beating the guy that hadn't lost in a decade. I mean, you know. Huge respect to Tyson Fury for going to do that, but huge respect to Anthony Joshua for, in his yeah 15th fight he had a real tough time against dylan white in that second round you know a lot of people were worried a lot of people thought he got a little exposed but he came through and he won the fight that's at british level now i don't think dylan white and Anthony joshua from british level are are too far away from world level anyway but what they've done is they've found a way to get a world title because charles martin is surely the weakest link of Mm. the world champions you know deontay wilder and tyson fury but you just don't know how good he is the mystique of charles martin johnny nelson and i went out to see him in big bear he's training ever so hard he's very very confident he's had a helter-skelter life he's a a bit of a nomad he's from all sorts of different states he's have bags will travel he's you know he's he's a very very solid individual and i don't think he's going to get overawed by the occasion in london next saturday but how good is he you know he's a southpaw who's six foot five he's unbeaten he's he's got power but who's he really beaten you know i was there ringside when he he won the title against Vyacheslav Glazkov, which was very low-key, Deontay Wilder was the main event, it was like, you know, couldn't quite get your hand around why Charles Martin and and Glazkov were fighting for a world title, but they were, you know, he handled himself uh, with with class all week, Martin, he goes in there, he was just edging the fight, and Glazkov's knee went he becomes world champion Mm. okay let's see what charles martin's got he says he walks the earth like a god he's going to walk right over anthony joshua we know anthony joshua is powerful we know he's physically um an adonis we know he's trained so hard we know he's got the skills we know he's got the enormous engaging charisma and ticks all the boxes to become the superstar that britain want him to become Mm. how good is he You know, he's an Olympic champion, but how good is he as a professional? The answer is we don't know yet. We think that he'll probably come out victorious next Saturday night. As I said, Eddie Hearn has taken the risk, and I think it's probably the right time and the right opponent. But the truth is we don't know. The truth is, as David Price is telling me at the way, and, you know, I'm going to sit on the fence here because we don't know how good Charles Martin is. So if Charles Martin comes over and, you know, and suddenly that Southpaw style becomes difficult for for AJ, who's never fought a Southpaw as a professional... That could become interesting. I think if AJ hasn't got rid of him within four or five rounds, it could become a tough night. But I I, I lean towards him doing that in the first few. Cracking
2: undercard as well. You mentioned a couple of the guys on there. You mentioned Groves, he's got Brophy. Uh, Selby's on there, but one that's been announced today, which is brilliant for a guy that's been on this show previously, uh, Jamie McDonnell. Uh, the man that seems to blow every bantamweight away. Uh, he's got Juan Alberto Rosas, who... Has got a win on his uh, on his resume for Zelani Tete, who everybody's tipping as the the main boy in that division. It's a good fight, and isn't he a good boy, Jamie McDonald? What a character! Yeah. What a
0: story! You know, huge sauce. both of
2: them, both of them
0: Both of them are. You know, Gavin's uh, a worker. He's he wants to be on that same level. He, his brother's success is just spurring him on. But you know, Jamie has done everything the old-fashioned way. You know, British, European, up to world. Took his chance. You know, he won it in Doncaster. What he's done, he's gone to America. He's fought anybody. And, and, and the funniest thing about Jamie, and he is one of the funniest guys you'll meet in the sport, is he doesn't like it. He doesn't <laughs> watch boxing. He doesn't like boxing. He always says to me, don't ask me about that prediction, because I just don't know. He he doesn't, he's he's one of the very few fighters who's not in love with the sport. Yeah. You know, most fighters watch everyone else and whatever. Jamie doesn't. He's a law to himself. But you know what? He'll fight King Kong. He'll fight anyone. And mm. I love that about Jamie McDonald. It's a pleasure to have him on the card next week. As you mentioned, Lee Selby against Eric Hunt is a top, top fight. George Groves in with the unbeaten David Brophy, really looking forward to that. You got Macklin and Rose, the old Stalwarts, in a in a fabulous wow. trader fight that could steal the night. That could be a real dust up that one. And Connor Ben turning professional as well on the show. Nigel Ben's son, who we had at Sky earlier in the week, and uh, he's 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 a really rounded individual. It's very different to Chris Eubank Jr., who's obviously spends a lot of time with his dad and his dad's in the corner and all that. You know, Connor and Nigel are close, but he's he's decided that you know that they're going to just do things slightly. Differently, and he's got Tony Sims in the corner. and Nigel's going to take a little bit more of a back step. he will be over next week, but it'll be interesting to see how that dynamic all unfolds. As, um, you know, as the Eubanks have, have proved a, a you know hugely successful, um, and have come out this week obviously with, with class and dignity, Absolutely, and, and yeah. as we as we all hope and yeah. and, and feel for, for Nick Blackwell and his family. But I was talking to Carl Wright at the um at the weigh in today, mm. and, and Carl, who who obviously had uh, a similar uh, injury uh, to Nick Blackwell, um, the difference was that he uh was on his way home where he when he collapsed um so it was actually a delayed thing whereas obviously nick was in the ring when he was put into an induced coma and 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 taken out and and carl is 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 full of hope he thinks that you know touch wood that that Nick's injuries shouldn't be too bad yeah um, but it was interesting because he was saying to me and you know, I'd like to get in touch with the family and, and, and offer my support because I'm a fighter that's that's gone through this and uh, I, know I was speaking a lot to Spencer Oliver this week and you know this is where the boxing community rally round David Hayes giving 10% of his uh, his gate receipts yeah. and his next fight to uh, to Nick and and I think that's terrific and we shouldn't forget the the Warriors of the sport because all of us who who, who are the safe side of the ropes have enormous respect for those that get in and do it whatever level whether you're a four-round six-round eight-round journeyman or whether you're um, floyd mayweather everyone that gets in that ring deserves enormous
2: amount of respect and we're all thinking of nick blackwell at this time absolutely absolutely indeed um just finally we seem to have covered the majority of things however on april 9th as well as obviously aj in action it could be the final time that we get to see the uh, uh the, the filipino king uh doing his thing obviously he's going up against timothy bradley for about the 544th time uh Manny Pacquiao, what a career. Do you think it's going to be the last time that we see him? Possibly. Um,
0: I'm, I'm hearing that, you know, it's the training's not been as uh, smooth as in previous times. I, I think maybe he's... He's at really at the end of the the line now. You know, he had the the defeat to Mayweather. The excuses came out. Ultimately, I always believed Floyd Mayweather would prevail in that fight whenever they fought. But I think Manny Pacquiao's chance, best chance, was two or three years previously to that. I think the one Manuel Marquez... Uh, last defeat took a lot out of Manny Manny has been a superstar from the sport you know somebody who's come from you know, selling donuts on the streets of General Santos City to to, to you know, losing a couple of his early fights to joining up with Freddie Roach to having that wonderful relationship with one of my favourite trainers in world boxing and it's it's been a great great story you know to come up through the weights the wins over Hoya and Hatton and people like that just he's been he's been absolutely brilliant you know he's he's fought everybody um, you know he's he's been terrific in and out of the ring Manny Pacquiao and we'll all miss him when he's gone um but i i wonder if if timothy bradley who's got a new training set up who uh, believes he won the last time i wonder whether this will be his night and uh, and if it is i think i'm hearing in kelbrook might yeah, might hopefully. be ringside and, and and i would like to see kel fight hmm. the winner of that because i think he needs after what happened last week you know a real career defining fight otherwise you know he's his skills and his talent are going to go a little bit wasted you know you've got Amir khan who's jumped ahead of him with that phenomenal fight against canelo alvarez on may the 7th you know we all want to see brook and khan in a ring at some point but but brook can you know get a march back a little bit if he gets the winner of this or or maybe a thurman or a garcia 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 or peterson or someone big but you know i'd like to see someone like timothy bradley if he comes through against pacquiao i hope that we don't see a declined pacquiao um, yeah, and, and that we, you know, we, he sort of whimpers out because he's, he's too good for that. But I've got a funny feeling that, you know, time catches up with everybody, maybe bar Floyd Mayweather, um, and I just wonder whether
2: it might be a Bradley Knight.
1: You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast.
2: During that conversation, myself and Adam started fantasising over the Tony Bellew fight that could happen at Goodison. Could life imitate art? <laughs> If Tony
0: could fight at Goodison on June the fourth, we'd uh, we'd love that. I've uh, I've always said to Eddie, I'd rather, I'd rather take a, take a show to Anfield, and you know we could have. Of course. I'd, I'd rather walk <laughs> up on the pitch there. But listen, it's um it's a great story, and and he was fantastic in the film. Tony He was absolutely brilliant in Creed. Um and uh, you know it could it so could still has you know. to walk him out, doesn't it? To car he I, has to. I, I think I think if that happened, he, he, I'm sure I'm sure <laughs> Sly would be over uh, in a flash and uh, and walk him out. <laughs>
2: Fingers crossed for Tony. Let's hope that the Hearns can make that happen. Speaking of which, I spoke to the elder statesman this week, Barry, the man that started it all off. Before we obviously got excited about Anthony Joshua, we got even more excited about a Scouse super middleweight.
1: You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast.
2: How are you, sir? You well?
3: I'm terrific, mate. And uh, still getting over Saturday night. Well, well, well performance.
2: Absolutely. Before we get on to Callum, actually, Mm. uh, I noticed um, that uh, Matchroom uh, sent a tweet out today, which is great. Obviously, fantastic news that uh, Nick Blackwell's come out of his uh, induced coma.
3: Well, obviously, the whole of the boxing world holds its breath because we've been there before, haven't we, over the years. And, you know, the sport's come on a long way. Uh, There's a lot of fighters got a lot of thank yous to say to Michael Watson because, you know, that was the turning point. little bit for safety we'll never make boxing completely safe by the way never because it is a contact sport but there's been a lot of improvements and just so relaxed relieved relieved to see that Nick come out and apparently he's talking to his family and friends and Just God bless to him and hope that he makes 100% full recovery. The whole of the boxing world was holding its breath for some time.
2: Absolutely. Great news. Um, Mm. um, Following on then from Saturday night, sensational. I mean, everybody's talking about (laughs) Callum Smith, especially (laughs) here in Liverpool. We talk about him, we big him up. Yeah, yeah. But he he announced himself in some way on Saturday night.
3: Yeah, we always big up our own, don't we? Because that's (laughs) natural. And, you know, whether you're a blue or a red in Liverpool, you know, you've got your favourites and you won't have it any other way. Quite rightly, that's why, that's called passion. It's called passion about sport, and if you don't have it, really go to another planet, because it's what keeps (laughs) us going during the week, isn't it? I mean, we all have to put up with the the odds and sods and working at, you know, jobs and stuff like that, but sport's what unites us as a nation and also gives us so much feel for the community and and proud of where we came from and all that. Saturday night, Scousers, you had another magic moment, because this kid... I say a kid, he's, what, is he 25 now, mm, 26? Yeah. I mean, he's a baby in terms of the world of boxing, but my word, did he send out a message to every super middleweight in the world? I spoke to him on Sunday and said, you know, you didn't do yourself any favours, son. He said, <laughs> "What's that? I said, because who's going to want to fight you after that? <laughs> the price of your opponents has just gone through the roof. It was a devastating display. Did you know, the young man is a freak of nature. You know, he's six foot four mm. and makes 12 stone comfortably and hits with the power of a cruiserweight. Yeah. That is such an advantage in that division. And, and I know Eddie, my boy, you know, who looks after all the boxing, he thinks the world of him. He he can't see another superman. I mean, bear in mind that we've got associations with George Groves yeah. and James DeGale. And it's, it's tough because when you've got people in that competitive environment, you don't want to favour one against the other. But you have to call it as it is. This, this Callum Smith is special. This is very, very special. And he's very solid and grounded. And he's, mm. His whole family are. You know, he's not in a tearing rush. He wants to... Because ju- he, he knows in himself he's only going to get better and better. And that's a scary thought. This boy generates some serious... I mean, that fellow he was in with Saturday night, I've known him for a long time. He is one tough, whatever you want to call him. <laughs> he went the... Well, he went the distance with James DeGale. I mean, he, he went the distance with Gale, but he's never been stopped. He, yeah. you know, he is absolutely rock solid. And he came to have a fight. You know, he came... Yeah, out, yeah, yeah. You know, That peach of a left hook that Callum hit him in the early doors let him know that Callum was not there to be blown away. But... I mean, you know, the, the finishing flurry was... Were, I mean, I, we get carried away, and I'm trying not to, but I choose my words carefully when I say it was totally world-class. If, you
2: if you're Badu Jack, who's currently the WBC champion, yeah. you're doing your very best to avoid that mandatory challenge, aren't you? You, yeah. you take oh, yeah, the unification yeah. against the James Well, the thing is,
3: we're number one, so no one, no one can take Callum Smith number one against. You know, now, if by September... Uh, Badu Jack decides to fight someone else it's fine and he may well be James DeGale because mm. James has got a pretty comfortable fight actually very comfortable fight coming up on April the 30th Badu Jack's fighting
2: tough tough.
3: yeah very tough opponent well not really I think he's well past his sell by date now I mean James DeGale had him last time he's not yeah. got much to offer I don't think he got frotched to be frank. Right, he? he got frotched <laughs> he got frotched and we all know what happens when you get frotched but <laughs> You know, I I think Frost is sitting there going, you know, it's a good time to retire this with this young Callum Smith out. They want none of these young kids who can punch because so I think Badu Jack and James DeGaulle may well get it on in a unification which bypasses the mandatory yeah. once, only allowed once. So, you know, so what? So we don't fight him until January, February next year. We're not going anywhere. We'll keep Callum nice and busy, nice and sharp and he's not putting us under pressure. He knows that he's on the verge of coming into that very very top echelon of british sportsman which is called pay-per-view sportsman i know that's a that's a bad subject for a lot of people because why should i pay blah 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 the fact is we are now dominating the global scene in boxing in this country Mm. we don't have to go to america cap in hand we can generate enough income to bring over the charles martins which was unthinkable even a couple of years ago Mm. and but It is tough to get into that pay-per-view echelon because that's where you really change your life and the life of your family. Uh, Obviously, Saturday's fight, we'll go on and talk about that. That's a pay-per-view fight. It had to be. Otherwise, we would never have been able to make that fight and give Anthony Joshua his opportunity. But Kell Brook, yes, pay-per-view fighter, but needs a really big fight. Callum Smith, suddenly gone into the pay-per-view reckoning. Mm. And that is a massive quantum step. You know, so I think... All of us, Scousers and other fight fans, are going to have some value watching Callum Smith over the next three, four, five years. And I think he looks good enough, keeps his feet on the ground. He's going to be there for that time.
2: You mentioned Kel there. Just before I get on to uh, yep. Anthony Joshua, um, it's a big fight this weekend. Uh, Manny Pacquiao probably bowing out. Yeah, definitely. Maybe baffing out. Uh, yeah. And he's fighting Timothy Bradley. If Timothy Bradley causes a bit of an upset there and wins that fight... Yeah.
3: I think it, he can as well. I think. Yeah. I think Pacquiao's gone past his sell-by date now. Is uh, is, uh, is
2: Blo- uh, a realistic yeah. opportunity for Timothy Bradley? Uh,
3: the, I mean, the danger is the same as Callum. You know, who wants to fight Kelbrook? Who mm-hmm. wants to fight Callum Smith? You know, if there's easier money out there, they're not going to take it. I mean, Kelbrook is an exceptional talent, the best well away in the world, I think, in my opinion. Now Mayweather's not there, but then again, you know, it's a business. So if you're Danny Garcia. If you're Timothy Bradley, do you really want to go in with someone like Kelbrook, who is massive at welterweight, at ten stone seven, he's a beast. I don't see him. But one way or the other, we've got a bribe, threaten, cajole, whatever. (laughs) One of them. You've got to to pay over the odds,
2: really, at the end of the day. Well, well, the same we are with
3: again, Charles Martin. We're paying him a king's ransom to come over. Otherwise, he wouldn't have come. Yeah, yeah. Simple as that. You know. And people say, well, if you want to see world-class sport, we will deliver it. But, you know, there's always a price to pay. There's no such thing as a free lunch, is there?
2: No, absolutely not. And you mentioned the man that you've uh, managed to get over to the O2. First, yeah. I, mean, I know there's big money involved in it for him, Huge. but fair play to him. Fair play. He is the champion. He didn't necessarily have to take this. AJ's a dangerous, dangerous man, especially in the O2.
3: Yeah, we're, we're probably paying him four or five times what he would have got for defending his title in the US. Hmm have to turn that type of money down when you come for nothing, and, and most fighters do come for nothing. Uh, I think all credit to Charles Martin. He says, I'm not frightened, I'm coming here. But also, in the back of his mind, he's changing his life for himself and his family. Yeah. And, and that's great. The big worry for me with Charles Martin is not that I've what I've seen doesn't worry me. It's what I haven't seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, the doubts on an undefeated fighter. Everyone goes, oh, yeah, but who's he been in with? Yeah, okay. Uh, What does that prove? It doesn't prove he can't handle other people. It just means he's dealt with whatever's been in front of him. Hmm. He's got a lot of knockouts, something like 20 out of 23. He does throw big left hooks and big right crosses. I think he's a little bit slower than... Well, AJ's got exceptional hand speed for a big man. That's our big advantage. But there is that unknown, which makes me... As my boy said the other day, you know, it's bum twitch week (laughs) for all of us. You know, we've laid out all this money and we don't care as a family because we're passionate about our sport. We love it and we love seeing people have the opportunity because in my case, I was given an opportunity years and years ago and it's about taking it and changing your life, isn't it? Yeah. You know, so AJ, I can't find a fault in AJ. I cannot find a fault. It scares me in a way because I said to him the other day, you might be the most perfect heavyweight I've ever seen. I said, if you're not, you should be in Hollywood because you're the best actor I've ever seen. (laughs) But he's got everything I want in heavyweight. He's 26, he punches, I mean, the sparring, honestly, you'd buy a ticket for some of the sparring that's been going on, and they've been leaving as fast as they've been arriving. This boy's got concussive power, but we don't know enough about Joshua, and that's what puts me on the edge of my seat and spending the next six days... Worrying
2: yeah. well, you mentioned it's pay per view, and it most certainly is every fight. fan, and if they're not got a ticket yeah. for the O2, they're paying for it without any shadow. Mainly because, as well, yes, AJ against Charles Martin, and fingers crossed, we're going to get ourselves another heavyweight champion. But what an undercard, I as know. well. Undercard. Selby, Groves, Jamie McDonald's been added to that against uh, Juan yeah. Alberto Rosas, who's got let, a let, win let against let, Tete. Me, let,
3: let me listen, they are all great fights, but let me tease you a little bit because. I'm looking. I mean, I look forward to these shows. I don't have any work to do because Eddie and the team do it. They're they're kind. They still give me a ticket. (laughs) I'm old, but Connor Ben is making his debut. Yeah, Nigel Ben's son. Nigel's flown over from Australia, and I'll tell you now, we'll make a fuss of him because obviously he's the son of one of the greatest fighters ever to come out of this country. Mm. But also, he will be on prime time. In other words, he won't be at past five. He'll be later on in the evening. It's a bit of We're going to put the pressure on the kid because he's a lovely boy and he really wants to shine. And I've watched him spar and he fights like his old man.
2: Yeah, he loves a tear-up.
3: He's only a light welterweight, only 10 stars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This kid loves a tear-up. He looks like his mum, which is handy because you don't look like Nigel, do you? (laughs) (laughs) But he fights like his dad. And you can see DNA stamped on his forehead. He's going to come into the... The biggest entrance ever given to a fighter making his debut in front of 18,000 people and Nigel's walking in with him. And I'm I'm nostalgic anyway about sport because I'm getting old. I remember the Nigel days and I can't wait to see this youngster. But then you've got, as you say, Selby in against his mandatory Hunter, who's a good fighter. Then you've got, I mean... You one you, you missed out on, but Macklin, Macklin against Rose, Brian yeah, Rose, yeah. as a trade fight, that's a real 50-50, and a career-defining moment, because the loser really got nowhere to go, yeah. that's going to be spectacular, Jamie McDonald fighting this Mexican, who's a nutter, you know? yeah. <laughs> but Jamie's very cool from Doncaster, he's just a lovely kid, and, He's enjoying his moment in the sun of being world champion and earning loads of money. And again, I keep coming back to it, changing his life for him and his family. You know, when we look at Nick Black, when we look at the risks these guys run, you know, don't ever, don't ever query the price of a ticket or the price of a pay-per-view because you're not getting up those steps. Yeah. You know, once you get up those steps and go, you're on your own, mate, and it's dangerous. These kids are making us, giving us nights that we'll never forget and... They deserve, as Nick Blackwell and every other fighter knows, they deserve what they get.
2: Absolutely. We started on Scouse. We're going to finish on Scouse uh, because the week after Stephen Smith's turn, he's yeah, going. I'll to, be there. I'm in New York with him.
3: Oh, you lucky, man. He's going to the States. Can he pull it off against Pedraza? He's two to one against with the bookmaker. Pedraza is. It's, it's a question of how is he going to beat him if he's going to beat him because it's a tough fight. You know yeah. they know that. I think he's smart enough to work a way out. I mean he's obviously he's got Joe Gallagher in his corner. Most of the time I think he's a top, top, top trainer. I think the Smith family have got a pedigree. They'll all turn out to support him. I don't go unless I think we're gonna win. And I'll be ringside with the Smith family and very proud to be there. Super, Barry. Absolute
2: pleasure speaking to you,
3: sir. Pleasure, mate. Top man. my best to everybody and stay well.
1: You're listening to the Fight Disciples Podcast.
2: You can't help but love Barry Hearn. Nick, IBF. Heavyweight Championship of the World at the O2 Arena. Hopefully, it lives up to all our expectations. I personally think it will go the same way that Callum Smith's fight went at the weekend. I don't think it's going to last that long. I think he's going to blast him out. What's your expert opinion? AJ versus The Prince.
4: I'm going to say something you're not going to like here. You think Charles
2: is going to take him out?
4: I think AJ is going to get knocked out.
2: No, man! Where's that just, come from?
4: I don't know. I just got this weird feeling. It's all been going too well for Mister Hearn at the moment. I just think it's, I just think it's a little bit of a bite too soon. I don't. For me, I don't know whether his performance against Billy and White last time, when he was rocked and he was wobbly and he was, yeah, you know, he's he susceptible. He doesn't half drop that doesn't half drop that right hand. and
2: He's never faced a yeah. southpaw at heavyweight either and obviously the guy's world champion so he knows what he's got to do to win a, win a fight, doesn't
4: he? I don't know, you know, I just don't like the way... Uh, I, I think the arena is going to be huge. It's going to be a massive advantage for Anthony Joshua, I really do. But uh, for me, I've just got to think that Joshua's just dodgy down that right side, you know, down the right side right side of his body, he drops his right hand a little bit and against the southpaw, if you do that, you can get you could get hurt and for me against Dillian White I thought, yeah, the way he finished him, the way he got him yeah, out brilliant. fantastic, you know, but before that he was hurt, he was straight legged. if he gets caught again and the and the deep breaths come again and the oh he's been hurt I just don't know how AJ's gonna react to that because I think Charles Martin, well, you know, okay, hand on heart, he's probably the weakest out of all of current world champions. He's only world champion because Uh, Tyson Fury was stripped by the IBF quite disgustingly and he he got to fight for the vacant title this is really Tyson Fury's belt because he's never lost it in my opinion but you know at the end of the day I just don't I think Charles Martin has got the power there as well I just think it's all been going too well for Eddie Hearn at the moment and I just I just think we could be in for a bit of a shock this weekend so my prediction is A.J.'s
2: going to get knocked out. Oh, man. oh Filth. man. Filth. Well, you're in one side of it. I'm on the other side of it. So uh, if we have him on as a guest, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll protect you. All right? I'll protect yeah.
4: you. <laughs> yeah. Just a Listen, quick- I'm, I'm a huge A.J. Yeah, fan. Yeah, both I of us you know, are, you? I, I, I'm 100% convinced he will be world champion one day. I just think Saturday might just be a little bit too soon for him. So, And, you know, a lot of people don't know this, but Charles Martin's actually managed... You know this? He's managed by a scouser.
2: I believe so. Yeah.
4: Yeah. You know, you're, so all, you're all in it
2: together. You like you in it. That's why you're saying it. You're listen, the loving scouser. It. We're sick of Steve's, as scousers. You know, <laughs> let's, we
4: stick together. And uh, you know, for me, if Charles Martin's got got a, got a scouse accent in his corner, that'll do for me. But uh, listen, I hope I'm wrong. I hope AJ comes through. I hope a. AJ becomes champion of the world. Imagine
1: that. Two British world champions at the same time. Fantastic. Next time with the Fight Disciples.
2: Nick will be back in the studio to review UFC Zagreb and, of course, all the fallout from Anthony Joshua, Charles Martin at the O2 Arena. Don't forget what an unbelievable undercard there is available for you on that fight night as well. And hopefully we will have in the studio Stephen Smith. Can he become the second Smith brother to become world champion? Jose Pedraza stands in his way on April the 16th. We'll be hearing from Swifty next week.
1: Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.